thankful for the love of God. Thankful to be here tonight. So thankful to say I'm converted and sanctified. Um, It's my life. It's, that's what I'm about, is being converted and sanctified. There's other things that are in my life, but my focus is on God. And as we sang that song, could we with ink the ocean fill and where the sky is a parchment made, every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade. You know, that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to all be scribes by trade. In every moment of our day, writing out the love of God in our actions in our words, in our deeds, in the things we write down, we need, in the things we sing, we need to be writing out the love of God because that's what reaches people. It's what reached me. We sang that song right before, that, my Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. And then we love him because he first loved us. I love you now. And when we're on our deathbed, I used, I always loved that song. But I always thought that verse was kind of morbid, you know. But I've learned to really love that verse. When I watch my grandmother get close to death and how she suffered, I thought, if ever I love thee, my Jesus, it's now. When the death dew lies cold on my brow, well, that's going to be our salvation. That's who's going to take us home to heaven is Jesus. And then in mansions of glory, oh, if ever we love him, it's going to be then. I think we're going to forget all our other loves. And it's just going to be Jesus. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. And Sister Kay asked me to talk this morning. She said that she wanted to support our women preachers. And my first thought is, wow, I wish my mom was here. <laughs> But then as we sang that song, I was listening to a, ta- a CD, and she was preaching on it, and they sang that right before she started preaching, A Love of God, and she likes yeah. that song. And I thought, she's taught, she's always supported me. And she's always supported our church by preaching the word when it was her place here. But most importantly, in our home, she preached the word of God. She taught me what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. And she showed me that we need to feed on this every day. And I saw that example. That probably means more to me. And I've always appreciated having her stand on the stand with me, being able to shout with her. Um, I know that's not every person's place, but I'm thankful for those that it is. And if we want our church to continue, we need to search our hearts and find our places in the kingdom of God. And she said the other night at home, I'm still, I'm probably learning more now from her than ever. She said, and it was a little alarming because she's my mother and I love her and I want her here. But she said, I've heard lots of people say, I want to go to heaven, but if there's a busload leaving right now, I may wait and get on the next. I'm not ready to go right now. But she said, I don't feel that way. She said, I'm ready to go right now because I want to make it. I don't think any of us can afford to really put that off. And don't forget me.
as the brother talked so good today, I enjoyed Brother Matthew's talking. I felt I could have just said dinner. But as he said, um, God knows us. And he knows what we can handle. And you know, we say, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Sometimes that deliverance, the mercies of God take us home to heaven. That's the mercies of God, and that's the deliverance. And I don't ever want to question the timing he has for me. If it's time for me to go, this troubled world is not my final home. I love Jesus, but I want to be with him. I want to do what he has for me to do here, but my desire is to be with Jesus, and I'm thankful for that. And um, I'm just going to read what I, what's been on my heart this week is the 13th chapter of Matthew. And I'm going to do a little bit of reading here at the beginning. It says, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came unto him and said, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he said, He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him, it shall be taken away, even, to, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, saying, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and ye shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax growth, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest at any time they shall see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted. And I shall hear them, I shall heal them, but blessed are your eyes, for they see... And your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. So he's talking to him here about having ears to hear and, eye, and eyes to see, and that he would heal them. I feel that in my heart that if we just, if we can just make people. Think about Jesus. You know, God can take care of the rest of that. He can convict a heart. He can straighten up a life. He can heal the sin-sick soul. But that, that's what I feel like our job is, just to get people to think about Jesus and consider Jesus. Because he can do the rest. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, 
Then cometh the wicked one, right there, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. And this is he which received, received seed by the wayside. Don't we see that? The word goes out, and people hear it, and they love it when they hear it. I really believe they do. But if it's, it's sown there, but the, they don't really understand, and the wicked one come, he's right there to snatch it away. Lord, help us to teach people understanding the best that we can and to have understanding. Because that's what we need. We need understanding. But he that hath received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath no root in himself, but dureth for a while, and when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. You know what it says there is he... He doesn't have root in himself. You know, I don't have root in myself either. Don't, none of us have root in ourselves. But we need to make sure our roots are down in Jesus. That's what gives us the root and the foundation. Otherwise, if we're not rooted, in, rooted and built up, established in the faith, and rooted in Christ, then the word will start to offend us. If it's not in our hearts, it's something that doesn't please us, and we're quick to turn it away. Offended by the word. He also that receives seed among thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. He becomes unfruitful. He can't be fruitful. He can't produce those beautiful fruits of the Spirit which God hath provided for us. The love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering goodness. All those things he has for us. The care of the world. That's what we were singing about. This world is not our home. And we make so many plans to secure our financial situation. We say we're doing it for our children and make these decisions for their education, for their future. God help us to put so much more time and effort in making them understand about the spiritual world and that just for them to understand that all these things we're making plans for, it's not their home. We're just passing through. It's not where I belong. I belong with the people of God. That's my inheritance. I don't plan to waste my inheritance. My inheritance is among them that are sanctified. And we've got to make sure that we understand that the riches is nothing but deceitfulness. The deceitfulness of riches because it will trick you. It'll make you think that you're successful because you've gotten this. Or you're on the right path and you're being responsible because you're pursuing after riches. And I think sometimes it's deceitful because you think, I'm not doing it because I want to be rich. I want to be secure. I want to provide for my family. But it is deceitful. And what it does is it chokes the word out of your life. That seed, that word that is sown in your heart, it chokes it right out. And you'll become unfruitful. But he that received 
Seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. That seed is the word of God. We just got to get it out there and help people to understand. And I thought, how can we make that good ground? I want to have good ground. I want my children to have good ground so that when they hear the word of God, um, they hear it. They understand it, and they start to bear fruit. And I had a brother exhort me one time. He said, some will have 30, some 60, and some 100. But you seek so for that 100-fold. And you know what? I think sometimes I need a 100-fold in my life. I told um, someone today that sometimes I feel like I'm really needy. I need a lot from God. That's okay. He can handle it. He can handle it. But I need a lot from him. And I want to, I might need that hundredfold. So I don't want to stop and do just enough because I need every bit that he has for me. And it says, another parable put he forth saying, the kingdom of heaven. This is the kingdom of heaven chapter. And when I was reading it last Sunday, I was talking to Paige about it. And I said, it's so exciting to me that you can read through it and find out what the kingdom of heaven is like. And as I was talking about heaven with my mom, I thought, who wouldn't want to know more about it? And I've I've been in many church services and they said, who wants to go to heaven? Raise your hand. Who wants everyone, most, not not here tonight, but most people raise their hand. They want to go to heaven. But I thought, who wants to go to heaven and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get to heaven. Because I think that's the path that we're on. That it's not a path of, what do you want? It's a path of, God, show me what to do, because I want to make it. If there's things that he, as Matthew said, he puts us, will try us through things, it's because he wants us to make it. Because he doesn't want me to fall short because I had a little pride here or I had a little desire for things of the world here unless I don't make it. So he wants to try me because he wants me to be there. He wants to be my salvation. And so let's, let's read about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in a field. But while the man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, the blade of that, of that wheat, and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also, right there with the wheat that the, that the word sowed. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst, that now sow, did, didst not thou sow good seed in the field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, The enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? And he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles, and burn them, but gather the wheat into the barn. I'm thankful for that. You know, we see tares. Wonder, wonder, why, God? Why wickedness? We see it. Why does that happen? But, you know, they could definitely tell those were tares. And those were the wheat. This is what this is from the enemy. 
this is what God has sown. I thought, Lord, when it comes to time, I don't want to look like a tear. I don't want to act like a tear. I don't want to look like a tear. I don't want to be the one that the enemy's sown in there to be deceitful. But I want to want to look what God has because I want to be gathered into that barn, greeted by the Father into his barn. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. You're not going to be all the time just with, we're going to be in the world. And we're going to be among them, but we're not going to be of them. People are going to see a difference in your life. And another, and another parable he put forth to them, saying, I'm sorry, I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least, least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest of all herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Just the least. That's how we feel, isn't it? You feel humble like the least of these. But I thought, God, every when I read this, I think about people that are my heroes. You know, you know what I'm talking about. People that I've always looked up to and because they held up the word of God and they, that's what they made their life. But I thought every one of us can be this way because it says it was the least of these. But when it was planted, it grew. Oh, it blossomed. Just what God wanted it to be so that the birds could come and lodge in the branches thereof. What if your life could be something if you give it to God that people could find shelter there and see that you are of God and that you're there for them to minister to them, to be a refuge, to be a safe haven. I want to be that way. I want to be that way, not just for my own children, but for anyone I come in contact with. And we can be like that tree, the least of these. Every one of us can be that way. And another parable spoke he unto him. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid three measures in a meal till the whole was leavened. And Paige and I talked about that one for a little bit. And she said she didn't know what leaven was. And I tried to describe to her about, you know, we used to have that, we used to pass around that Amish friendship bread. And you take a little bit of it. And it, that starter lasted, I guess, forever. I don't know. <laughs> but I told her, I said, you would just take a little bit of there. And that would, it would, you take a little bit and it just, it works for the whole, just that little bit. And I thought, and I told her, I said, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. You take a little bit and it works for the whole. It's whole body, soul, and spirit. Be blameless for Jesus. And you can't do that without Jesus. You need that, that leaven. It will measure a little bit of leaven. It will measure the whole lump. All these things spake Jesus into the multitude, parables. And without a parable, he spake not unto them, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables and will utter things that have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. And Jesus, but he's allowing us to see these little glimpses of the kingdom of heaven, what it's like. And Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and went into the house and said unto his disciples, came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parables of the tares in the field. And he explained that to them about, you know, the Son of Man will send forth his angels and, and gather up them. And I want to read a little bit 
finally, he talks about, and again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. Hid, hid in a field, which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. And then again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he found that one pearl of great price, he went and sold all he had and bought it. Was that how the kingdom of heaven came unto you? You found that pearl of great price. You found that treasure in that field. You sold it. You had to sell out everything you had to buy that field. And you know, he bought the whole field. He didn't just take a chance and say, I'm going to get just this little plot here. He was willing to take the whole field. It meant taking care of that whole field. There was probably a lot of toil and things in that field. There's probably things that had to be cleaned. But he was willing to take all of it to have that pearl of great price. And I feel like when you accept the kingdom of God, there's a lot that goes along with it. We're serving God in every aspect of our life. And when it means that you have some toil and some work to do, are you going to say, no, that's not for me, but that's not how we do. We're going to buy, sell out everything we have and buy the whole field. Stake everything you have in salvation because Jesus can handle it. He's got it. He's got it under control. Doesn't it say the law and the prophets were until John? But since then, the kingdom of God is preached. It's just pre men press into it. I think we have a work and a toil to do to press into the kingdom of God. I don't think anyone's ever happened upon heaven. You press and you press towards that mark and you press into the kingdom of God. And I want to press and I want to do what the Lord would have me to do. And um, I guess I'll read this this one last one here again. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The kingdom shall come. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's just as true as the kingdom of heaven is true. There is, there is another kingdom that we don't want to partake of. And, you know, we need, to, we need to press and we need to, you can love everybody, which we should. You can tell everybody how much you love them. But if we don't preach unto them that there is a real heaven, and there is a real hell, we're not showing them love. We're not showing them love. But I want to make sure that I understand these things and I take them into heart. I want to understand what the kingdom of heaven is like, what he's given to me. It's something that's precious. It is a treasure, and it's worth all the pressing here below. I, I intend to make it. I intend to learn as much about Jesus as I can. Because I want to make it. I intend to teach my children and those around me about Jesus. Because I want them to make it. I don't think they're just going to stumble upon it either. But I think they're going to need some direction. 
and I think they're going to need some examples, and I'm thankful that I have them among you, because that's what you've been to me. This church has been a life-saving station for me. It's my strength. It gives me um, joy when I see you. Um, it gives me a responsibility that I want to take on. I want to take on responsibility to be there, to show up, to be an encouragement to you and to your children. And I think if we all feel that way, it is Mother's Day. If you want to live right, you have a child. See how that changes the way you live. It will change you. But that's how we all should feel, that the Lord has given us so much to whom much is given. Much is required. And I think I know what category we all fall into. God has certainly blessed us. And I'm thankful to be here among you. I love each one of you. When you pray, remember me and my family.